It's good to be here in Hammond, Louisiana. Y'all doing good? Y'all enjoying this cool weather? As long as the sun's out, it's good. When it gets rainy, it's like, eh. But uh, it's good. It's good to be here. Uh, as Pastor Marvin mentioned, I got a great friend of mine, Pastor Jeff Jenkins, is with me this morning, and we're hanging out and solving all the world's problems together. And and uh, I'm just delighted, and just an unexpected joy to have him with me. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you from the Book of Joshua this morning. Uh, if you want to turn over there in your cell phone. Uh, are you about, I, I brought my biggest Bible with me today. I, I, I just, I, I just, every, I usually preach just about every Sunday, and I always decide, what, what am I going to do today? And today, I felt like, I'm, I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the big gun today. I'm bringing the big Bible today. The ESV Bible, uh, Joshua 1.8. I want to share a little bit with you from this verse, and, uh, I tell you what, we're going to read verse 7 and verse 8, and then we're going to pray. Uh, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Somebody say good success. Say it louder. Say good success. Okay, I want you to remember that. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have, what's those last two words there? Good success. All right, here's a curveball. I want to talk to you about how to have good success. How to have good success. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this 9 o'clock service. We thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for the presence of God that we feel in this place, Lord. We thank you that your presence brings the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Lord, I just ask you today that you, you would anoint me to declare your word and that faith would come in the hearts of your people because the word is the seed, the incorruptible seed. And I thank you, Lord, that it's fallen on good ground and producing a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. We bind the devil, the thief, who would try to steal it. And we thank you that we're going to leave here encouraged. We're going to leave here full of faith. We're going to leave here full of hope. We're going to be excited to go out and accomplish the will of God in this area, in our lives, in our families. And we thank you for it. And everybody said... Amen. How to have good success. Um, I guess it was January of this year. Can, can I talk to you for a minute? Okay. Uh, January of this year, I was in Florida, and uh, I was walking through some stuff with my health, and um, I, I was kind of complaining to God. You know, I, I know nobody else ever does that, but... Sometimes I complain to God, and I figure, you know what, if, if I'm going to complain to somebody, I might as well complain to God. He's the only one who can really do anything about it. So it was kind of, you know, you could kind of label it prayer, but it was really more complaining. And, and I was just saying, Lord, I have not seen, I, I, I read this verse, and when I read this verse, because I normally read in a different translation, when I read it in this translation, the way it said it, 
it just arrested me, and, and I kind of got off in this thing, and I started praying, but then I got over and complained. I was like, Lord, I have not seen the good success that Joshua was promised. I just, I just started just thinking about things, and I just started saying, I have not had good success. And, and so, you know, so I had been a little mini pity party there and so on and so forth. But then, then my spirit kicked in and I started thinking logically and I thought, well, you know, there's one or two possibilities here. Either the word of God doesn't work and good success isn't for me, or I'm not working this right. And I'm just, I'm the problem here. So then of course, obviously we know the word of God's true. We know that the word of God works. We know that the promises of God work. I, I looked at the context of this. I, I looked at everything. And I was like, no, this, this is a promise that I can claim here. This is for Joel. So that just leaves one possible solution, and that is that I'm missing something. There's something missing in my approach. So, so I'm like, Holy Spirit, you spoke this all those thousands of years ago to Joshua, and Joshua saw good success. I want to have that good success. So the Holy Spirit began to just speak to me, and I remember it was a Saturday, and it was, it was kind of cold, and it was raining where I was at in Florida, and, and I just got up in the bed with my Bibles and my stuff, my computer, and, and I, was in, I was sat there all day. And, and my wife was in the other room, and she would come in and out, and after a while, she's like, man, you've been in here a long time. And I'm like, I know, I'm getting something. You know, when you're, when you're getting something from God, you don't interrupt it. You, you, you don't, right in the middle of getting a download from God, you don't say, you know, let's go see a movie. No, no, no. You're, you're getting a download from God. And, and I begin to get a download. I want to just share a little bit of it with you because I, I've, this thing has just been getting bigger and bigger in my spirit. And I want to key in on a couple of things because we don't have time to break down every element of this. There's such richness in this, but how to have good success. And, and, and there's a couple of elements he gives us in this one verse, Joshua 1, 8, that I want to give you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, from your mouth, from your mouth. Now, now if you don't get anything else today, this, I want you to get this first thing because the very first thing and whatever comes first is most important, all right? The very first thing God said was, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Now, the second thing he says is meditate on it day and night. And, and, and I immediately go, now, Lord, you got that order wrong. You know, God always needs me to correct the word and get it right. Like, Lord, you've you got to meditate first because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I, I started trying to figure all this out. But, but the Holy Spirit was, was started speaking to me. And it's like, no, 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 I got this right. It begins with your mouth. It begins with your mouth. Good, here, if, you, if, you, if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. Good success begins with your mouth. It begins with, it doesn't begin anywhere else. It doesn't begin with thinking. It, it doesn't begin with doing. We'll see all that later. It doesn't begin with making. It, all of that, it begins with your mouth. And so I immediately begin to say, Lord, I, your word doesn't depart from my mouth. I preach your gospel everywhere I go, bless God. 
And you know what? That's not what I'm talking about. He said, I'm talking about your words. Everything you say, does it, it either lines up with my word or it contradicts my word. Everything you say either lines up with my word or contradicts my word. And, and I started thinking about, you know, my, my main battle has been with my health. I, I've battled and I battled, and, but, but then I started thinking about every time somebody asked me, how are you feeling? And, and you know, we have this thing where we want to be real. And, and we, we value this in our culture. We're like, man, I'm, I'm just going to be real. But, but you know what? Being real a lot of times is just a front for being negative. And somebody's like, how are you feeling? And I say, you know what? I'm feeling terrible. Well, you know what? That contradicts the word of God. Because the word of God says, by his stripes, I'm healed. And so I, I can't proclaim something that contradicts God's word and expect God's word to work for me. Oh, somebody, somebody's going to get a hold of this today. Now, my dad and I always have this funny little question that we always ask, and it, it's this simple question. It's, how's that working for you? How's that working for you? And, and how's that working for you is a powerful question because it forces you to really be honest about whether something you're saying or doing is working. And, and I thought, you know, whatever I've been doing in regards to my health, it ain't working. So I ought to do something different. And, and if being real isn't working, then I need to stop being real. Now, it's not that I'm going to be fake. It's just going to be I'm going to step up higher and declare what God says. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, let me give you a little something right here. Hebrews chapter 4 says that, that the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. Isn't that right? It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and the Bible says that in Revelation that there's a sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus. We always think we're going to fight with a sword. But the sword comes from your mouth, not in your hand. And that word, uh, we, we see it in Psalm 149, a two-edged sword. We see that through the Bible. Anybody heard that statement, a two-edged sword? Well, two-edged sword is, is not how that's meant to be said. It's meant to be the double-mouthed sword. It means when your sword and your mouth and the sword in God's mouth come together, it's an unstoppable weapon against the enemy. And so God, his sword is always quick and powerful. But the problem is we got our sword headed in the wrong direction. And so I started getting convicted by the Holy Spirit. Anybody in here ever get convicted by the Holy Spirit? I started getting convicted about my mouth. That he said, do not depart. That means never. That means don't. You know, when I go on a trip, I don't like to make one wrong turn. When I go on a trip, I don't go, you know what, when I go on this trip, I'll probably make four or five wrong turns, but I don't really care because I'm not in a hurry. No, I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people where I don't want to make one wrong turn. When I moved, I moved to Dallas, Texas six years ago, I made more wrong turns in one year than I've ever made in my whole life. 
I grew up in Baton Rouge. I know Baton Rouge like the back of my hand. I never, if I made a, if for some reason I had to go down a different road, I knew how to get back over here and there. I didn't need a map. When I got to Dallas, I could have Apple Maps, Google Maps, Waze, all running at the same time and still get lost. And, and you know what? That's what I saw was happening with my mouth. My mouth was making wrong turns all the time. And, and, and I'd get headed down the path of the Word of God, and, and, and I'd get in my prayer closet, and I'd get, like this morning, we had this, uh, we had this time here where we were declaring the things of God over, I, I am who you say I am, and, and, and then next thing you know, we get into Monday, and, and we're talking, you know what, I'm discouraged, I'm depressed. I'm unhappy. I don't like my life. I don't like my job. I don't, and you know what you did? You just took a big wrong turn from the word of God. And I, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit, he began to show me. He said, you're not obeying the number one thing I said to Joshua, which is do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. And so I said, Yes, sir. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm just not going to depart from the Lord. But I found that it's not just something you can decide to do. You have to grow in it. You, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. And, and I've been working all year on this. Do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. And so if you don't hear anything else today, I want to encourage and even provoke you to say, hey, I'm going to get this mouth of mine in alignment with the word of God, and I'm not coming out. I'm not going to change. And, and whenever I feel my mouth making a wrong turn, I'll say, oh, Lord, I, 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 that, forgive those words that I just said. Let me get back over in your word. That's the number one dominant factor in good success. Then he said, meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. So once you say it, then you begin to think it. Now, I learned something. What is it that you think about most? It's what you've talked about. What you think about is always determined by what you talk about. When you get home for the day and you sit down, if you get quiet for just a minute, you know what you're going to start thinking about? all the conversations you had that day. That's what happened. And, and God, isn't it amazing how he created everything and kind of knows everything? He knows that meditating on the word of God and meditating on the things of God is not about you. I had a friend who he would set an alarm all day to remind him to meditate on the word. That doesn't work. If you're talking the word, you'll think the word. If you're not talking the word, you won't meditate on the word. You know, there's all kind of little things we learn about ourselves that God designed. For instance, I'll give you a fun example. It is impossible to feel bad and smile at the same time. You ever, you ever thought about that? If you're feeling bad, you don't. We have this kind of thing where, like, I have to feel good to smile. And if I smile, it means I feel good. But, but here's a little hack for you. If you don't feel good or you're not having a good day, force yourself to smile and see what happens. Yeah, 
There's something about the muscles in your faith when you just turn them up. It releases endorphins into your body and you feel good. Just try. Just look at your neighbor right now. Just give him a big smile. Just see. I mean, teeth, everything. Just I hear people laughing. You, you can't help but feel good when you smile. I remember when I learned that, I, I thought my whole life that if I felt good, I smiled. If I didn't feel good, I didn't smile. But then I learned that if I smiled, I felt good. And I was driving down the road one day, and I wasn't feeling good, and I had this idea, Jeff. I said, I'm going to smile for 60 seconds straight because I'm having a really bad day. So I'm, I'm driving down the road, so, so I just decide I just start smiling. I, I stretch my face a little bit. I just start smiling. I'm driving. After about five seconds, I'm already feeling good. Ten seconds, I'm feeling, but here I go. Sixty seconds, I'm just smiling. By 30 seconds, I'm just feeling euphoria. After about 45 seconds, I'm on one of these big interstates. I look over to my right, still got a big joker smile plastered on my face. I look over, and this guy was driving by, and he looked over at me, and I was... And he, he just looked the other way and just pulled right on ahead. <laughs> Scared him half to death. And then I really got laughing. I thought, Here I am driving down an interstate looking like a crazy person. But boy, I felt good. And you know what? When you start speaking, don't wait till you feel it. Speak it. And let the speaking it determine how you feel. This is how you walk by faith and not by sight. See, a lot of walking by faith is really talking by faith. You can say, I'm going to talk by faith and not by feeling. So when I begin to confess the word, when I speak the word, when I declare the word, then I begin to meditate on the word and I begin to bring my mind into alignment with the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And when I speak the word, my mind hears the word, and it begins to be convinced of the word. See, you got to speak the word until you become convinced. And one, one of the things that this year I endeavored, I said, you know what? I'm endeavoring this year to truly believe that every word in that book is true. Because I didn't. I realized there was, there was things I would read in the Bible, and, and, and something in me would go, well, that ain't true. You know, you don't tell that to anybody. You just think it and keep reading. I, I remember uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans sharing that he would read his bird in his light. His yoke is easy and his bird in his light. And, and he'd go, that ain't true. God, and, and the Lord had to teach him, no, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What you've taken on is not easy and not light. And so he had to come. It, the, the word is always true. Your perception of the word may not be true, but the word is true. And, and so I just decided, you know what, this year I'm going to speak the word and speak the word and speak the word until I become convinced, until Joel becomes convinced that his word is true. Say his word is true. Say it loud. Say his word is true. Now, 
his word is true. And when you believe that his word is true, then this next thing begins to happen is that you begin to act according to everything in the book. Now, let, let me tell you something that's happened in the church that I believe is a tragedy. When somebody gets saved, we immediately try to get them to act according to the word. But what we need to do is get them to begin to confess the word. And as they confess it, it'll begin to change their mind. And as their mind is changed, they'll by default act according to the word. But we skip all that and we just want them to start looking different and acting different. You get to say, oh, you can't say that anymore. You can't do that anymore. can't go there anymore. And people don't ever quite get it because they've missed this important step. Notice what Paul said. He said, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. He didn't say, if you quit using profanity and stop drinking alcohol, you shall be saved. Now, at some point, you're going to need to get sanctified. But you better start confessing the word because the word is what's going to lead to your mind being renewed and your mind being renewed will by default change how you act. So we're talking about how to have good success. It all starts with your mouth. You begin to confess the word and then you begin to think about the word. Then you begin to act on the word. And then here we get to this second Second little thing today that, that I just love so much is kind of the book in. He said, once you do all that, for then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. Now, the Lord had to do a little bit of correction in my life in the understanding of prosperity. When, when I would just hear the word prosperity, I would think of a big house, an expensive car, a boat. That, that's what prosperity meant to me. And I began to study prosperity. And, and the word prosper comes from the Hebrew word salak. You got to get the in there. It's, it's even more right if you give a, give a good at the end. Salak. And salak means to make one step better. So a lot of times people come into the church and they begin to give and they begin to do things and, and they say, Pastor Marvin, I'm not prospering. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm not prospering. But see, what prospering means, it means that, that something has gotten one step better. That means if when you came into the church, your marriage was so bad Maybe you were separated or you couldn't even stand to see your spouse. And, and, and if you get to the place where you might be fighting, but at least you can bear to come to church together, guess what your marriage did? It prospered. It, it, it might not be amazing. It may not be a Hollywood dream world, but it is beginning to prosper. What about your finances? If you can't pay your bills or you don't have a job or you're broke and you don't know where the next meal's coming from and, and you might not get a great job and it might not pay great, but you at least have a job and you can pay your bills, guess what you did in your finances? You prospered. See, it's a completely different understanding of prosperity. What about your health? You're feeling bad 
and I've been here before where I couldn't even walk down the block because I was so weak. But I get to a place where I can walk down the block with no problem. I'm not running marathons. I'm not, you know, I'm not an Ironman triathlete. But you know what? In my health, I am prospering. So with that understanding, God says to Joshua, get this, he says, you make your way prosperous. Now here's a critical little understanding and ingredient to good success. He says, you have to make your way prosperous. That means every area in your life you're looking at and saying, how can I make this one step better? You know, maybe you maybe you don't like your car. Maybe you need you feel like you need a better car. You need a new car, but but you're not taking care of the one that you've got. Take that clunker down to the car wash and wash that thing and vacuum that thing and change the oil in that thing and prosper that thing, because you can't perform a miracle and get a new car, but you can wash that old one you got. <laughs> I'm thinking about my car right now. I'm going to have to go wash it this afternoon. What about in your health? You say, you know what? I just, I never feel good. Yeah, well, you can't eat at Burger King every day and be upset that you don't feel good. You don't need a healing. You need a healthy diet. So what can you do? You need to go down to the grocery store and get you some vegetables and make you a salad and prosper in your health. Well, I didn't get any amens right there. One vegetarian in the back clapped a little bit. In your finances, maybe you've just been living paycheck to paycheck. Take, take a little bit. I don't care if it's $20 and put it in a savings account and just say, you know what? I'm going to begin to save a little bit of money. I'm going to begin to pay off some of this debt. I, I'm going to cut up a credit card and not use that anymore. Whatever. Begin. And you know what? God tells Joshua, he says, listen, if you'll begin to speak with your mouth the words of life that line up with my word and you begin to think about what I've said for you to do. And you begin to act out what I've said for you to do. And then you begin to make the areas in your life prosper. He says, and then. Somebody say, and then. He didn't, he didn't promise it up front. He said, and then. It's an if and then promise. There's a lot of those in the mouth. If you do this, then I'll do this. See, we don't want that. We just want good success, period. We want to get saved, and then we want to have good success. We just say, Lord, I'm yours. Now, make everything great. Doesn't work that way. He says, and then you will have good success. Now, if there's good success, then there's got to be bad success. The world teaches us that success is good, period. But I'm here to tell you, some success is bad success because of the cost it takes to get it. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. That means you can get rich and have a lot of sorrow with it. I don't want that. 
I want the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow. I want good success, not bad success. What about the guy who builds a $40 million company and he sells it and he's wealthy and he's got three homes and he's got four cars and he's got two boats, but he's divorced and his kids are all strung out on drugs. He's lonely and miserable and depressed and he's sitting around his big old house by himself, lonely and miserable. Is that good success? No. That's bad success. God said, if you do it my way, you will inevitably end up with good success. So when I, when I got all that, and I got a lot more too, I'm just, we, we, we don't have two hours today. But when I got a download of that, I go, now wonder I'm not seeing good success. I'm doing parts of it, but I'm missing big chunks of it. And so you know what I did? I, I realized the two parts of it I was really needing to work on was my mouth and my making. I wasn't making my way prosperous in some areas. I just wanted God to make it better, but I wouldn't make it a little bit better. I just wanted God to do something supernatural, but I didn't want to do something natural. And so I began to put this into work. I began to say, Lord, you promised it to Joshua, and now you're promising it to Joel. I'm taking it. I'm going to have good success. And that's one of the things I began to speak. I began to say, I will have good success. Everything I touch is blessed. Everywhere I go, I'm going to be a blessing. Every person that I interact with, they are going to have some kind of blessing because of that interaction with me because I'm blessed of God. And I began to declare it. And, and it. and my mindset began to shift. The way I act began to shift. And then I began to make my way prosperous. And I'm telling you, I began to see a shift. Somebody say a shift. That's a, Prophetic people are always talking about a shift. My, my dad always laughs at me because I'm always saying, I'm feeling a shift. And he laughed. He said, you're always feeling a shift. I was like, I know because I'm prophetic. I'm seeing a shift all the time in something. There's a shift. How many of you are ready to shift to some good success? Now, you may say, well, why I got to do all that? That sounds like a lot for me to do. Well, let me ask you something. How's what you're doing now working for you? <laughs> and we could always just do nothing and not have success. Or we could say, you know what? Because what I found is if you begin to really ask the Holy Spirit to help you, you'll get to where these things are just second nature to you, where you don't even have to think about it. I, I remember when I was about 12 years old, I wanted to learn how to play the drums, and I felt like I had all this rhythm in me and, and everything, and, and my dad knew how to play the drums. I said, Dad, I want you to teach me how to play the drums. So he brought me over to the church, and he told me, he's like, you got to put your foot here, and you do this, and then you hit this with the all feet, and you do this. And I'm telling you, the first time I tried to play the drums, it, it stuff was everywhere. I couldn't get it. It was so weird. But, but I began to practice. I began to play. And after a couple of years, now my brain can't even think of what it would be like to not be able to play the drums. I could get on those drums right now and just play. In fact, I couldn't make my hands and feet do the wrong thing if I wanted to because it's so ingrained. 
and that's how this will become to you. You'll get to where having good success is easier to you than having bad success or having no success at all. It'll become second nature, but you have to train yourself. Paul said, I train my body like an athlete. You have to train yourself in godliness, and then good success comes. So we can't say, well, Lord, I hadn't seen what you promised her. I haven't had that good success in my life. I see your blessing on them, but I don't know why I'm not blessed. We got to forget all of that, and we got to say, Lord, I'm going to do what you said to Joshua, and I'm going to have what Joshua said. I'm going to enter into the promised land. I'm going to defeat all the giants. I'm going to take all the cities, and I'm going to live in the promises of God in the fullness of what you have promised me. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. You guys have been awesome today. Thank you for being so attentive. Lord, I just thank you that you have given us the power to have good success. You want us to prosper. You have plans for us to prosper and to be in good health and to walk out the fullness of what you have for us. You even said in Psalm 91, 16, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my reward. Lord, I thank you that you're giving me long life. Even though I wasn't supposed to live past 20, Lord, I believe I'm going to live past 80. And, Lord, I thank you that your word is working in my life. It's working on my behalf. It's working in my circumstances. It's working in my relationships. It's working all around me. And you're working it out for my good. And good success is mine that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, as we're just here Every time I minister the gospel, I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus into their life. You may be here today, and this was a word primarily to believers, but you're here and you came hungry today, and you say, you know what? Forget about good success. I'm just miserable in my life, and I'm here today. I need the Lord to touch my life. I need to invite Jesus into my heart. If you're here and you need to accept the Lord in your heart today, I want you to do something. As we're just praying in an attitude of reverence, I want you to just lift up your hand and say, Joel, that's me. I need prayer today for the Lord to come into my heart. And everyone here may know the Lord, but I never want to leave without giving an opportunity for somebody to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Thank you, Jesus. See you right there. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you. Pate, could you just come and begin to play softly? Lord, we thank you that you're drawing people today to you. Maybe you're here and you're a prodigal and you need to come back to the Lord. And you, you're being drawn back to the foot of the cross today. I believe today is the day of salvation. You don't want to leave this place and not know that you're in right relationship, right standing, righteousness before the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now I'm going to ask everyone very reverently just to stand to your feet with me.